Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast here after taking a little sabbatical for a week. We've had some schedule issues, but we're back. Me, Matt Knowles, always alongside of these two guys up here, Brian McElfresh and Doug Gravely. Brian, Doug, what have you guys been up to since we last recorded? <laughs> little new layout here for us, so you get to point differently. I love it. Um I mean, just just busy schedule. School school is out now, so kids are home for the summer, and uh, you know that kind of changes everything. But uh, yeah, it's just been a busy time where Doug is now over there at the Searchalytics office. Um, so yeah, that's that's really about it. I mean, right now we've got the college football video game news to talk about in a sec, but um, nothing else really new. Just looking forward to the season. All right, by the time this thing posts, I'll have some news for somebody. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, my daughter is up for County Player of the Year for the second year in a row. She was a finalist Dang. last year. We'll find out tonight awesome. if she's going to be the County Player of the Year in soccer. So one of these podcasts, we'll talk about if she just is a, a two-year finalist or if she made it over the hump. Uh, anybody that sees her out there and playing, they'll know that she's uh, she's one of the most feared out there in the, uh, in the old high school soccer league. So uh, it'll be cool to see what happens tonight. Anyway, awesome, I said, I said, I just had to throw that in for all hashtag strong like bull. Um, all right, so BMAC, you mentioned the uh, the college football game, and you got some news. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the college football game. Yeah, so first of all, it's something that is near and dear to my heart. I loved the college football video, <clears throat> video game. For those of us that are like diehard college football fans, there, there's it's there's no offseason. It's, it's all year long. So really – that was my fix, you know, when recruiting season or whatever signing day happened, um, <clears throat> you're not allowed to wear a Florida hat and, uh, and say anything about recruiting season. That's a, a Dan Mullen reference. Anyways, <clears throat> um, that's when we would like rebuild the rosters, the, the video game community would rebuild them on the old game. And then you would start new dynasties with all the, the incoming freshmen and getting rid of all the people that graduated off and, and went to the NFL. So that was the fix. That was it right there. Um, and then when that went away, you know, I kept playing it for a few years, obviously on the NCAA 14 video game. CFB was started, I think mostly yes. because of that void. Where yeah, where am I gonna get my outlet uh, in February and March other than spring football, attending spring practice if it was open and local, um, and it and it became CFB Dynasty and that's that's kind of where where it came from. And uh, if you go if you um, look back historically, you look back historically that see that those dynasties on NCA fourteen, I would say probably half the guys or more than half that are in. CFB the home league came from there and that was a lot less cordial league we were intense and you know I'll tell you what you know some guys like Danny the broken controller came from him and his uh, propensity to uh to destroy his uh input devices when he would lose a game uh, there was uh it was it was some intense stuff man but we we lived that I mean I, I don't know if my life I don't be back I don't know if your life could handle the number and we probably put in two to three hours a day every single day on the NCA video game, <laughs> despite how broken it was, despite yeah. how you could always find some stupid stuff that would happen. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, some guys would just run three plays and, and find a way to, to break those three plays. But it was great. It was fun, you know, being able to take either a one-star dynasty or or make your own team. The best part was you can make your own team, make your own uniforms, um, and uh, and be able to build that up. And when that left, like you said, it was a huge void. So, so let's talk about um, – where is the game going now? What's the big news that happened this week? Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I know you probably are too. So where we sit right now on this May 24th, uh, the Wednesday here where it's you know starting to heat up in Florida, we're 13 weeks now from our, uh, our league draft, 14 weeks away from kickoff, and 58 weeks away. <laughs> Sounds like we're walking in the middle of the desert here. 58 weeks away from uh the video game launch um so that's a long time but there's two things that came out recently that they're they're focused on dynasty mode which is music to the ears you know i i bought some of these old video games let's see i'll throw some covers up in there that i found like walking into some random comic shop you can see behind me if i can figure out how to move properly out of the way the old college football 97, some of the Bill Walsh games, whatever. Matt Leiner here on the cover, etc. But, um, oh, for you, Zach Tao and Matt, there you go. Your boy from Boise on the cover That's from NCAA right. 08. What? Some of those years, the off seasons, like you'd read on the back, like, oh, what are the things that they're working on? And it's like the grass is more realistic and different things that just wouldn't get you super excited. They're yeah. focused. We put on we put the band mode. we put the band in the right band of the right spot <laughs> in the stadium. People are like, "Why do you have the developers working on the band?" <laughs> so it's good to hear that most of their resources are being poured into Dynasty mode, which uh, I can't wait. That's the only mode that I really played. I know you loved. I think it was Ultimate Team or whatever, where you could create your own jerseys and all that, and that was out of the game for a couple years. But um. That was fun, you know, running with the purple freaks and whatever other names we would the aliens, and the aliens, <laughs> build your jerseys and all that was a blast. But um, anyways, they're focused almost solely on dynasty mode, which is great. I don't know what recruiting is going to look like. Um, I don't know. There's what been the a lot of there's been a lot of schools like. that have uh, been signing NILs. I know. Uh, I know yeah. the pack uh, has got the agreement where they did like the pack will be in there and working through the, the NIL on that. Um I know there's a lot of schools that are doing that. That's going to be the thing that's going to be good because it's kind of hard to have a college football game while not having actual colleges in there. Yeah, and so pretty much everyone, I think, is going to opt in from what you're hearing on the early returns. But basically, that's the other big news is that there's a, an NIL opt-in where players will get paid to be in the game and they can go get their face scanned, all that stuff, just like they do with – madden etc to get the actual player's name image and likeness on the game so while it sucks that we had to wait 11 years because of this issue um it that part will be mildly cool it might be more like eye roll emoji when the game rolls out and i just want to play and get in dynasty mode and and give it a run well but like you said i mean if it took 11 years to get it to where the people that are in the game actually have a chance to get compensated for being in the game i mean I know that, uh, you know, it's got to suck to be a college football athlete. And I mean, even if you look back five years ago, you weren't getting any kind of NIL money. You know, the whole argument about are you employees or are you privileged <laughs> to have a scholarship to play, but the schools are out there making billions of dollars off of your likeness. Right. Um, 
you know, it's good that these guys actually have a chance to go and profit from their likeness. Because you know what? What happens if a college football player gets injured their senior year and they never get to play again before they never had a chance to make a single cent off of their name for what their athleticism was able to provide them? And now it's good they're finding ways to be able to make that work slowly but surely, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and it'll launch with the the 12-team playoff, that part. Um, we've just debated like you on want, the show. Just like you want. But again, I don't I – don't, <laughs> discount the fact that it will be fun when it when it gets to the point i just don't want it to diminish the regular season what makes it unique and fun and all that stuff we are going to you know potentially based on some of the news and things that you see out there to a big two um depends on what happens with the acc uh primarily i think at this point if it goes to a big two and they kind of break off man the sport could be totally different but I do feel like, uh, you know, it, it at that point just looks like the NFL, but it'll be like 50 teams on each side and one playoff, two divisions, sort of. Um, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. I know there's been a lot of rumblings about the ACC, but it sounds like their, uh, their grant of rights is so freaking lock solid that even if it does, it may be, you know, Doug could be a great grandfather by that time. I mean, 10 years from now um, is when it would actually what would be 13 years from now is when it would expire. But we'll I mean, see what happens. You know, impressive feat. I guess there would have <laughs> what me being a great grandfather or in, within in 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. Oh, years. I was going to say in general, <laughs> I mean, where are we at here? <laughs> All Man. right. So, you know what? We didn't even talk about what this show is even really about at the beginning. <laughs> So we just jumped right into this thing. So we do have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about Debbie running backs. So uh, if you're a watcher of this podcast, listen to this podcast, um, we already went through the original preseason top 25 rankings for college football. Um, Debbie rankings are a completely different animal. BMAC, explain the difference between um, between uh, college, college to pro and Debbie for those that are just happening upon this for the first time. Yeah, so Devi um, is like a, a little corner of the, the football fandom, the fantasy football world, where it can be like a mix of college and pro. Um, Devi most popularly is part of your NFL squad. So basically you draft these college players in a Devi draft and you just hold on to them until they get drafted into the NFL and go up to your, uh, you know, your NFL fantasy roster in our scenario and um what i know a lot of other people do too is they'll have a college to pro league <clears throat> where you draft your players you get college fantasy football score so for our, our league um these players just like the standard debbie um will graduate up to your nfl team but we have to have more of a, a balanced roster of college players that produce really well in college but then also having to kind of manufacture your roster to where you're getting um, players that are NFL caliber moving up to your NFL roster in positions of need. So, you know, if you have a dry spot of uh, not getting any quarterbacks or running backs for four or five, six years, uh, you're desperate at that point to, to make a move to get somebody, um, you know, that's, that's NFL potential up to your team or else, you know, you won't be at, you won't be able to field 
uh, a full roster as if you would on a, a standard redraft league. So it's more focused on roster management. You feel a little bit more like a GM kind of making those moves, trading future picks and all that stuff. And Debbie as, you know, either players that play on your college fantasy team or assets to make another move on your NFL side. And, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, the biggest difference between Debbie and college to pro is that in Debbie, you're not really concerned about anything they actually do in college. You're only concerned right. about what's going to happen once they get to the pros in college to pro, you have to balance. You can't just have guys on your college to pro team that can only produce in the pros. You got to have guys that can actually produce in college as well. So you have to make sure you're balanced. Yeah. So that's where the biggest difference is. If you're in a college to pro league that, this information is good information to have, but you always want to balance is, is this guy going to actually produce in college the way you need him to, to try and get that college shit. Right. So we're going to be looking at the top 25 running backs. As far as we see on Debbie, if you go to the CFBDynasty.com website, you go to the rankings tab, there is a tab there for Debbie. You can look at Debbie and look at the running back rankings. Um, so if you go there, we're going to start looking at, uh, we're going to look at the, 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 the honorable mentions first. The guys that were just outside the top 25, you got uh, Trevante Citizen from Miami, Devin Neal from Kansas, Kendall Milton from Georgia, Evan Pryor from Ohio State, and Alton McCaskill now at Colorado, just outside the top 25. Um, so I'll ask you guys real quick before we even get to the top 25, out of that group of five, which one of those do you think has the best chance to move themselves into the top 25 uh, in this next college football season? Oh, in the next season is an interesting way to phrase it. Um, I'm going to, I would go with, yikes. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Citizen um, has the biggest upside to me there because of his size. One of the things when you're looking at a Debbie running back, and uh, I was going to bring this up at least when we got to Relique Brown, is um, size matters a lot in the NFL. Um so the average NFL starting running back is 5'11", 215 pounds, um, and there are bigger backs out there. Those are the that's the prototype and the most common one. And you want running backs, you know, that are obviously also great pass blockers, great pass catchers. Um, <clears throat> so all of those things are at play here, um, and. As we get into this, let me just also say that these are the ugliest pages on the site. I have got to get um, someone to just maybe hold a knife to my head and, and make me make these look better, um, like the rest of the rankings pages. These are Doug. These are Doug, why did you just see? Why did you see a little <laughs> glimmer in your eye when he said that, Doug? I mean, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Doug is volunteering um, for that. The other thing is, um, as I was like looking, working on some client stuff yesterday. I had CFP analytics up and I just glanced over at it and saw there was a couple of live people on the site looking at Debbie rankings at that moment yesterday morning. <clears throat> and each Debbie rankings page, and this is very atypical for any website analytics, each Debbie rankings page currently in the last whatever month, I think was my date range, is more highly visited than our college fantasy rankings and our homepage, which is, uh, which is wild. So people are, are all over this right now. And I think that's just because Debbie drafts can happen. Now they typically happen after the NFL draft is over. Once players are selected. Um, 
And it's just because of weird freaks like us that love this sport, whether it's NFL or college football, just want to have football year round. So being able to have a draft in late April, early May, like that's super fun, of course. Get our I would fix say, in, so I would say out of that group, only because of where he's at now with McCaskill being at Colorado, I think that you look at that situation, so many brand new faces coming in. Who the heck knows what's going to happen at Colorado? Who knows who's going to jump out? Who knows who's going to drop off? He's probably got the biggest potential to, to blast right through the ceiling just because Colorado is such a who the heck knows what's going to happen there this year. Um, and that has nothing to do with his personal talent. It just has to do with who knows what kind of wild hair Dion's going to get and who he's going to lean on um, outside of his son. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there at Colorado. So I'm very interested to see what happens with anybody on the offensive side of the ball going to Colorado and seeing what their usage becomes. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so let's get to the top 25. We're going to do these in sets of five. You guys pick out anybody in here that you want to talk about. Um, so top 25, at number 25, you have Branson Robinson from UGA. 24, you got Montreal Johnson from Florida. 23, Mayan Williams from Ohio State. 22, Jaden Ott at Cal. And then 21, Relique Brown at USC. So you're talking about a bunch of upper power five running backs right there. Brian, Doug, who do you want to pick out in that group? as to, uh, you know, who you've really got your eye on. So all of these guys have great size as far as the NFL is concerned, if you're looking for a prototype, except for Relique Brown. Um, so, again, you're looking for 5'11", 215 plus, and Relique Brown <clears throat> is 5'8", 185 currently. <laughs> but if you're going to break the mold, you better be – super fast, super quick, like extra elite in other areas, great pass catcher, great vision, whatever. And Relique Brown's got that potential. Like he's someone that is a weakness for me. I will say when you, when I'm in my past of like drafting running backs, you want the, uh, for your fantasy team, you want the, you know, Noel divine five-star super twitchy, running back that can break a long one at any point or Reggie Bush or whatever. Um, and Relique Brown is a weakness for me. He's someone that I'm certainly, I've got my eye on him, but he, he's not the prototype. So he has to showcase elite potential somewhere else, pass catching, you know, potentially using him like, uh, uh, like a Reggie Bush kind of, kind of like that. Um, maybe a little bit less in between the tackles, more on the edges, more pass catching. And, um, you know, the Saints offense was perfect for him, and, and maybe they'll use him like that at USC. How do you feel about him compared to a guy like Devon A-Chain? Because you talked about him so much last year, and then yeah. you know, they're talking about, hey, he's a, he's a speed guy. He's not the guy that's going to be the, you know, 10 years in the middle of the field, you know, getting beat up. He's the, he's, got, he's the speed guy. How do you feel about him in comparison to a guy like A-Chain? I think that's a great, great example. Great question. Uh, <clears throat> A-Chain, I traded away. I like A-Chain a lot. Um, traded him away last year because of the size alone. Um, you know, you want someone that can handle, not that everyone's getting, you know, 20, 20 plus touches these days, but you want someone that can handle 16, 17, 18 touches and get the goal line work and can also catch passes out of the backfield. So, H-Chain, I don't know 
if he if he doesn't break a long one, is he going to get those goal line touches for the Dolphins? <laughs> Probably not. Um, he's a tough runner, but you know, in the NFL, it's a different game. So I think he's definitely analogous to really Brown in the fact that you want someone who's going to be able to get a ton of touches. Now there's a scenario like Reggie Bush with the saints where Relique Brown could go to an offense. That's perfect for him. And, um, whatever, catch 60 or 80 passes like, uh, like in Ladanian Tomlinson, whatever. So, um, but you're playing the odds at this point, right? These are all freshmen, juniors, sophomores in college. So, you're playing the odds and taking someone that's got better size. He's yeah, certainly not, got not better every, talent than people yeah, ahead of him. Not every running back can be Austin Eckler and be undersized and, and get ridiculous mm-hmm. number of touches every week. So people out there trying to find the next, next Austin Eckler are probably going to uh, find the dud more than they're going to find that stud more often totally. than not. Yeah, yeah. Doug, anybody in that 25 to 1 that you want to pay, point out or are you ready to jump to the next group? I'm ready to jump, buddy. All right, so since Doug said it, that's what we're going to do. All right, at 20, you got Armani Goodwin from LSU, Javante Barnes at 19 from Oklahoma, Rasheen Ali at 18 from Marshall, glad to see him back in the rankings, at 17, Roman Hemby from Maryland, and then at 16, Marshawn Lloyd from USC. Who do you want to pick out of that group? Doug, I'll go to you first. Who in that group is somebody that you got your eye on? Um, I like Roman Hemby out of Maryland in that group. Um, beast. Brian's talked about Brian's talked about the size and all that good stuff. Dude, six foot, um, apparently right on the dot, two hundred pounds. Um, he just <laughs> he looks like a solid running back. He looks like the type of running back that in the past has made it in the pros just based off looks alone. Um, he's got some wheels. He's not slow by any means for a two hundred pound running back. He's and. <clears throat> I think it benefits him a little bit splitting some carries over there because he's not going to get beat up as much as normal. So I think uh, he's probably one to watch moving up, you know, going into the pros for me. Because like I said, he's just – he's not going to get too beat up. And, you know, he's – as a freshman, he looked great last year. So he's he's my guy in this this list, I think. What about you, Brian? Who in that 20 to 16 do you want to call out? Man, I love Marshawn Lloyd. I, it's it's uh, I can't wait to see how they use the running backs and and what that looks like. But Me uh, <laughs> but I him at South Carolina I thought was perfect. He showcased he can catch the ball. Great, great tough runner between the tackles. Like I feel like he's got everything he needs, but he's gonna have competition there with Relic Brown and uh, other running backs there on the roster. Um, but Rasheen Ali, I think he's going to still be under the radar as good as he was two years ago. I think he'll come back, burst onto the scenes, and he's got it all. He's he's under the radar because he's at Marshall. But um, I think if you saw him, like if he was one of the guys, like with what happened with um, Jameer Gibbs, where he goes from Georgia Tech to into the Alabama spotlight at running back, like imagine him if he started at Alabama, like he, he would be um, he's explosive. He can catch. He's got all the things like I think Rasheen Ali um, will probably move up this list a lot. I mean, ideally, Doug and I and you would be meeting and updating this um, like once a month, um, especially as we get into the season. Um, 
and I, I think that's something we'll need to kind of schedule and do instead of being more random with this. But uh, Rasheen Ali is someone who I would expect over the course of the season to rise up this list. And he's one I of those guys it, yeah. as you get to the 40-yard dash and all that stuff, like a great combine for him. We'll push him up into the whatever, yeah. probably second round. I think one of the I think one of the interesting things looking at this entire list, um, he's the only guy that's not in an upper power five program right now that's on this entire top thirty list. Um, that just goes to show that uh, running backs they've got such a very short shelf life. You don't mm-hmm. see a whole lot of running backs coming out of smaller schools that are making it to the NFL and making uh, making a big uh, big. A big show there. You could see a quarterback come out of the FCS ranks like uh, Trey Lance or Joe Flacco, but you're not going to really see a whole lot of running backs that are going to be coming from smaller programs. They want to get those eyes. They want to be in those programs that have got great offensive lines so they can go out there and not get beat up and actually get their stats. So uh, this list kind of shows that off. So with that being said, let's uh, let's jump to uh, the next grouping, 15 through 11. You got Jamarian Miller from Alabama, Katron Allen from Penn State, um, Jarquez Hunter, Auburn, Trey Benson from FSU at 12, and Blake Corum from Michigan at 11. There's a bunch of guys in there that get talked about quite a bit in here. BMAC will go to you first in this mm-hmm. group. Who's the person in that group you want to you want to uh, pinpoint the most? Well, I, I'd say Benson and, and Hunter have um, prime opportunities this year. Um, Auburn's done so well in the portal. I think they're going to surprise some teams how good they are in year one under the new staff. Um, and Benson is going to be the premier running back featured from week one in Florida state where he wasn't last year. Um, and those two guys, I think behind the lines that they're running behind are going to really get to showcase what they do and what they can do. They're both powerful, both great on the goal line. I think they're, they're people who they might be more of a, a third round to second round NFL draft um, potential. Like I don't think either of those would ever go or sneak into the first round because you've got to be like crazy, crazy elite. Um, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But those are guys who, if you're drafted in the second, third, fourth round in the NFL draft as a running back, you're, you're looking at draft capital there. And that shows that their investment in you, that you'll get a shot at some point on your rookie contract. And that's when they can prove it or, or, you know, kind of flake out. So I think both of those guys, Hunter and Benson, while they won't be premier draft selections there, they've got the size, they've got the skills, they'll get their shot at the next level. All right, Doug, who do you want to call out in this group? Who's your favorite player in this group? And why is it Blake Corn from Michigan? <laughs> well, it's not Blake Corn from Michigan, who um, I think my sister's bigger than he is, but um, – I think uh, I'm going to agree with Eesh. with BMAC. And, your sister here. You know. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, hey, Doug, only- Doug's sister, we apologize. We, Brian, <laughs> on behalf of Doug, BMAC and I apologize for him just throwing you under the bus like hey, that. Hey, the dude is only five foot eight. I mean, come on now. But and I ten only, though. <laughs> uh, up, yeah, I'm, we'll see. What that, he we did that Homer Simpson. We'll see when he weighs in at the combine because yeah. everybody lies in in college. So we need that Homer you know, Simpson uh, where he just kind of like bid, backs up into the into the hedges right now. Better well, than better than I'm backing up. Better than six <laughs> yards per carry, career average, uh, over twenty five hundred yards of production. 
and a bunch of touchdowns. Like... Again, we'll see. I don't know very many small running backs that have made it in the NFL. So, um, hope you guys have enjoyed Doug being on the show with us. This is his last podcast. You know, his sister's going to be his butt after this one. Leave him. Uh, we'll see. I'll see after this night. I will. I will uh, see her this weekend, and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Uh, Doug, I would say this though. Let me say that when you're talking about running back size, weight matters more than height to me. Like him being at 210, like I, there's no negative there. He's going to get a great shot at, at an NFL team. Anyway. Doug, Doug, what's your sister's name? Do your thing. Her name? Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie. We, uh, we love you, Stephanie. And we appreciate the fact that you're going to be our new, our, new, uh, our new panelist on this show with us after you uh, leave Doug unable to record with us. So, uh, Steph, I hope you uh, get yourself some knowledge of college football. Get yourself learned up really quick so you can take Doug's spot. Hey, I would like to see her on this show one day. It'd be, it'd be funny to hear what she says. I mean, you guys, you guys laugh at what I say. Imagine her. Oh, gosh. She, she grew up with me. I mean, come on now. Um, <clears throat> But no, Trey Benson's my favorite on this list, and uh, I could potentially make an argument for him even being higher. So he's yeah. – uh, we talked about someone, you know, Corum, who averaged more than six yards of carry. So did this guy. Um, and he's – I don't know. Just watching – he didn't even play the whole season last year. And when he kind of bursted onto the scene, it <laughs> that offense looked completely different. He was – Hard to stop. I mean, he was just so good. Um, fun to watch. And, again, like BMAC said, I'm super interested to see what Auburn does this year. Um, I think they're not going to be a bottom ringer of the SEC anymore. I think they're doing better. Um, and Hunter could be a focal point for them, for sure. It, it's kind of a make it – like make it or break it year for him in the sense of proving what he's got. So we'll see what happens. All right, we're about to move into the top 10. One of the things <laughs> we're going to see here, um, which you definitely aren't going to see in a seasonal league is the number of teams that have got repeat. You see that team repeating in here. If it's wide receiver, that's a different story. Wide receiver. Um, we talked about schools like UTSA, Kent state, uh, Western Kentucky that were putting tons of guys in the seasonal but you don't normally see running backs where you've got two, three guys from the same school um, that are going to be in a seasonal uh, top 25 list. That's not the case here. There's a couple schools with two. There's one school with three in the top 30. Um, so we're going to start seeing some of those happen in here. Let's go to the top 10. We'll go 10 to six. You got Cedric Baxter Jr. from Texas. You got Trevor Etienne from Florida. You got Jace McClellan from Alabama. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin at seven, and then Will Shipley from Clemson at six. All right, so who do you guys want to pull out of that group? Doug, we'll go to you first. Who's uh, the guy in that group that you've got the most uh, the most fantasy football hots for? Uh, I'm a ETN fan in general. Um, both brothers, really. And I think from what I can see from, from Trevor over at Florida, and it's just crazy to say – but a pro level, I can see him being more successful than his brother. Um, I think he's stronger. I think he's bigger. It looks like his speed improved in the offseason, which is insane because I remember a, about an 85-yard touchdown run that I watched from him last year where he looked super fast anyways. So for him to be faster and bigger and stronger could be super scary um, for defenses. But 
like I said, I'm an ETN fan. I'm a Jags fan in the pros. Um, and I think ETN is the guy with uh, McClellan being a close second. Yeah. I So Cedric Baxter, you kind of like the what he comes in uh, into at Texas. Like he could and probably will be the guy by the end of the year. Um, I say probably will. Like he's he's got some solid, solid competition there. One egregious omission that's been adjusted um, is uh, Justice Haynes from Alabama. So he's he's up there for consideration, certainly. Um, and if you refresh there, you'll see mm-hmm. him uh, just ahead of Corum. But yeah, he's um, Justice Haynes is is uh, coming into Alabama in a totally loaded backfield with Jamarian Miller and you know other five star talent. Um, if there's someone that can break through. Um, you know, it could be any of them, but Haynes, I would, I would say, after McClellan leaves, is potentially next man up there. But Baxter could be it this year. Um, like you, love ETN, love McClellan. Both of those guys are great pass catchers, um, great vision, and um, I think both of them will will get a lot, uh, a lot of touches this year. Um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if ETN became the man at Florida pretty quickly. Um, Braylon Allen, Allen is a bigger running back and, um, can also pass catch like, um, uh, and then you've got Will Shipley, who's, um, elite level pass catcher, um, really good vision. And, uh, he's quick. He's, he's going to get his, his shot early, early in the NFL draft. What do you think about Will Shipley? Do you think a good comparison to him is, uh, is Christian McCaffrey, or do you think that uh, – would you look at him as, as a different style style player? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> it's hard. You just have that like, oh, oh, because he's the only other white running back or whatever in the NFL. That's <laughs> that's what people say when you're looking for player comps. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, he's not, you know, quite as electric, quite as – he's not quite as twitchy, I would say, as McCaffrey. Um, but – he yeah he can he jumps over people he's great out of the backfield catching the ball super tough uh between the tackles good pass blocker like i think that's a a good player comp and um well i I mccaffrey's um a better version um i think that's that's valid all right so now we're gonna do five four and three we just had a running back from michigan at 11 like we were mentioning that you're gonna see a lot of these schools that are getting the four and five star elite recruits uh they're gonna have a bunch of names up here with their pro potential so at five you've got donovan edwards from michigan you've got four raheem sanders from arkansas and at three quinshaw judkins from miss doug which one of those three is your favorite i would think you'd say number three because he's number three and not number five but who's your favorite out of those three guys? Man, I love number three. Um, but I'm going to boast my fantasy team here a little bit, and I'm going number four um, with Sanders. Uh, he's he, he can catch the ball. He averaged almost 10 yards of reception last year um, on 28 receptions, almost 30 receptions, averaged – six and a half yards of carry. Um, and I just, as a pro guy, I mean, he's six, two, almost two thirty, And 
he's proven that he can catch and yeah. run. Like he he's he he's a big dude. He's um, fast, man. And he's and he's fast and forty yard dash time, believe it or not, uh ran a faster time than Derrick Henry. So we see what Derrick Henry can do as a big guy. You never know if Rocket can take the same approach and be the same type of guy. That game against Ole Miss when he went 24 carries, 232 yards, and three touchdowns on 9.7 per rush. Insane. Um, Donovan Edwards is someone who uh, he's also not small, 6'1", 204 currently listed. Um, And he put up 991 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground with 18 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns through the air as a backup. And, uh, you know, when Quorum was hurt toward the end of the year against Ohio State, Edwards went on the ground, 22 carries, 216, and two touchdowns. And then the next game followed it up, 25 carries, 185 yards, and a touchdown. And then in their upset loss to TCU, 23 for 119. So well over five yards of carry average as, as the starter there. And uh, a great system, obviously, for Donovan Edwards. And then when, when you're ranking the top four, at least, I feel like there's a tier there. I don't know if you do, Doug, but like Rocket, Judkins, Singleton, and Henderson, to me, are like the top tier. And then there's Edwards and Shipley. But um, yeah, I agree. I uh, mean, Judkins talk is about... so good as a freshman. Yeah. Like his well... vision is, is insane. You mentioned uh, the the uh, rocket game against Ole Miss, where he went twenty four for two thirty two and three. I mean, it was a running back show that game, I... because Judkins went twenty four for two fourteen and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. you know the two guys that are behind each other in our rankings, <laughs> when they played each other, they showed why they should be very close in the rankings against each other. But I mean. I like, like I said, I like Judkins, but to me, I, I just what I've seen from from Rocket Sanders, he's, I mean, and he's a leader of that team. He's people, That's the big. coaches have even the coaches have even said, you know, hey, what do you have to do to get back in this game? I got to give the ball to Rocket more. I mean, that's just yep. so you know, for coaches to look at him that way, he's 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 my guy moving forward from this list for sure. Yeah, Singleton, he's got it all, speed, power, but he's also got that competition as a as a backup there with Katron Allen, um, stealing a bunch of touches, stealing goal line carries. But uh, Singleton at the NFL level could be better than he is at Penn State because he's got that fellow sophomore um, who is also extremely good in that offense. Uh, I can't wait to watch Penn State in general this year because of, you know, Aller taking over at quarterback and uh, – you know they they've got to they've got that hurdle. You know they've got to beat Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how James Franklin and company kind of plan so to B-Mac's do that already, and how they use those running backs. So BMAC's already jumped the list. We did five through three. Now we're talking two hundred one. Just so you guys out there. <laughs> oh, I know number two. Hey, it's all good. No, it's all good. Hey, you you're so excited. It's all right, man. He's excited. Uh, so number two on the list right now. He doesn't even get a nickname. He gets his mama name. Nicholas Singleton from Penn State is at number two. And then Travion Henderson from Ohio State at number one. And if you look at those two running backs, there's two other Ohio State running backs in the top 30. You have Nick Singleton and um, you've got 
was it Catron Allen, both in the top 14. That's some incredible elite talent. So, again, this is a Devi ranking list. BMAC, do you think that Nick Singleton is going to even be the best running back in the Penn State running back room this year for college purposes as far as stats? Yes. Or do you think he's going to get the most stats? Because last year there were so yep. many running backs out there getting stats for Penn State. Do you think they're finally going to get there, get it to where he is going to be the 1A option? I think so. He's the elite of the elite in terms of talent. So Catron Allen, while he is extremely good, yeah, I think Singleton will pull away a little bit. Like I, In terms of when we did our, our fantasy running back rankings, he's certainly downgraded in terms of just straight-up college fantasy as compared to Debbie. So um, he, he would be like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, probably, or a little lower is where you would want to draft him in like a redraft college fantasy league. But yeah, if you're looking just for pro potential, oh, he's, he's uh, arguably number one, definitely in that top four, that very top four elite tier there with Travion, Singleton, Judkins, and Rocket. So, to help with that question, uh, pulled up some quick stats here. Um, Katron Allen carried the ball 11 more times than Singleton did last year. He had 867 yards and averaged five yards a carry. Singleton had over 1,000 and averaged almost seven. So um, you have to believe that if they give Singleton the ball more, he's going to, you know – potentially double his touchdown total or maybe even get close to the 20 mark. And then math, I mean, at seven, at seven yards of carry, it's hard to argue that when, you know, you got somebody that averaged five, like, look at you, man, using mathematics on a Thursday here. This is great. It's a Wednesday. Wednesday? Wednesday? (laughs) It is Wednesday. (laughs) Good thing. We're not like helping people with their calendars today, but one of the, one of those days, one of those seven days, But I do All like right. Singleton uh, like you do, Brian, in that – as yeah, far I'm as winning that job for sure. I'm an absolute believer in Singleton as well. Um, it's interesting interesting seeing, you know, that he's probably the one that's got some of the most – the most pro potential. We'll, we'll see what, we'll see if that's how it shakes out at the end of the season. It'll be good to look back at the end of the year, look at this initial Debbie ranking and see if uh, if anybody has jumped into this list that nobody expected. You know, pulled a, pulled a Joe Burrow from a couple of years ago and, and jumped up to the top of the list. Right. I will say it's it's funny how an injury changes things, right? Like even at the NFL draft level, you saw Jackson Smith and Jigba lose a year, even though he was uh, the lead dog with Chris Olave. And, uh, oh, no, who's the other receiver that just got, went into the NFL uh, for the Jets? Jets? Wilson? Uh, yes, Wilson. Even though Smith and Jigba, with those two guys who have taken off in the NFL in their rookie year, led Ohio State in catches and touchdowns or whatever, people like slept on him a bit in the draft, and he fell down like way further than I thought he should have. I think people are going to do the same thing in fantasy drafts with Travion Henderson. Like, I think he's so so good, and if the owner. Uh, whoever has him in your league or, or whoever's got him as a Debbie asset is down on him in any way. That's someone that's a big time trade target for me. Uh, I would definitely, if possible, go out and get Trevor Henderson. I feel like he's been 
a target of our trade conversations the last two two years. It's been kind of funny <laughs> to watch this play yeah. out. Um, yeah. he's a he's a good running back to me. Um, but it's because Uncle I, Joe I has him. him. He's untouchable. Right. I want to I want to <laughs> see how re, how he recovers from this injury, and All then right. I'll make a judgment. I mean, he great great 2021, amazing 2021. But I want to see how he recovers from this injury before I make a judgment on, you know, having him above, honestly, some of the guys we have in these rankings right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. So there we go. That's the, uh, the Debbie running back list. That's the end of the show for right now. Make sure you guys go up to our discord. You look for CFB dynasty, like, and subscribe. You got all the links down here right over, over there, over, over there. <laughs> both, both. Yeah. Both. All over of there on the bottom. Make sure you uh, make sure you go up, like, subscribe, be a part of the Discord. We want to hear your comments. We want to see if what you guys think about this list. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Who would you have ranked higher? Who would you have ranked lower? Who would you put in this list that we don't even have in there at all? Uh, we'll be back soon with the uh, wide receiver Debbie list. On behalf of Brian McKelfrish and Doug Gravely, my name is Matt Knowles, and we'll see you next time. Steph, I see love ya. you. <laughs>